0: I'm Maria, you can call me Marge, and I'm Sam. And this is Eat, Eat it, up. it Up. You know what? That was our best one. That was definitely the best <laughs> we've had. Sure. So, just welcome to Eat It Up. The vibe of this podcast is that Sam and I both really enjoy history, talking about it, learning about it. We're just chatting as if we're a
1: couple, we are a couple of friends, as if we're friends. Allegedly. We're a couple of friends. <laughs> allegedly friends
0: (laughs) allegedly we're talking about a moment in history and hopefully you want to learn along with us it's supposed to be kind of the basics of it all not get into the nitty-gritty but just help each other understand what's going on and hopefully you understand what's going on in that particular moment that we chose
1: for the day every week marie and i will alternate bringing a topic to the podcast and we will explain it to each other As friends, because we are friends. (laughs) And that will be our little bite of history for the podcast. But we'll also be doing it over food too. So we We might be talking about the the snacks that we're eating every week as well.
0: Because every time you hang out with friends, I mean, at least every time that I hang out with you and every other person I know, I'm always eating. That's like part of it. As you go to someone's house, you eat, you go out, you eat. So it's like when you're chatting with friends, it's like you need to have a couple snacks just to lighten the mood have something to do you know totally we are not an <laughs> asmr podcast though
1: so if you looking are for that look elsewhere okay <laughs> the soothing sounds of our voice are not intended for asmr of <laughs> me smacking my lips as i chew like um okay that was gross
0: so just for some background i did uh my undergrad in history and then did a master's that i finished june 2020 in public administration which is like policy analysis And then Sam did his undergrad with a major in life sciences, but he did a minor in religious studies. And then he also just completed this past 2020 a master's in religious studies. I'm getting this all right, correct? You have the titles, right? Okay. (laughs) Um, And so that's all to say that although we do have experience like learning about historical topics and we love engaging in them, we are by no means historians
1: we are so, amateurs, baby, okay? Amateurs. So you cannot cite us for a paper, not that you ever would. Uh-uh. Um, and if the facts are wrong, that's on you. <laughs> not our responsibility no, whatsoever. You need, to check, you need to check your your sources. But if
0: Wikipedia is wrong, that is on them. I am just rereading what they have said.
1: <laughs> no, but we do we do try to be um yes. to use reputable sources. Mm -hmm. Um, to to get a good overview of the topics that we're covering. But yes, yes, as Maria said, I mean, you never know, okay? We're not experts Mm. in this. We're just trying to make history fun and interesting, because it is, you know, have, have a little snack as we go, too.
0: And also just the fact that Queen's has absolutely canceled my library subscription now mm. means that I don't have as much access to these documents that I had hoped I would.
1: So Google will help me out along the way. And the bizarre thing is, is I haven't been a Queen's student. Queen's, if you're listening, turn this off right now. But I somehow still have access to all of my library subscription. And we and just doesn't know time. he's...
0: He actually's in a two year okay. masters. He just forgot to okay. enroll oh, in the yeah. second year. He's fully paying
1: for a second year. <laughs> My mom's year. Are like, hello, like, where are you?
0: But <laughs> yeah, like I at?
1: still I still have subscriptions. So I like for this podcast, I was literally like I mean, some of it I could find on the Queen's Library stuff, some of it I right, all, all downloaded. But um again, if you're the police. Turn off the
0: now. <laughs> please turn off if you are police or Queens. Police University.
1: or Queens University.
0: All others are accepted.
1: Everyone else, yes. Please listen.
0: The snack for this week, Sam and I each are going to bring our own snacks to the table, and I'm living out in BC. Sam right now is in Ontario, so we obviously can't get it from the same place, and Sam's delicacy will be always different than my delicacy. Um, this week, I went to a place called Remy Patisserie. And I got quite a few items, the ones that I'm going to be eating throughout Sam's discussion of his topic today. Uh, I have a crispy salted yolk financier, a Thai tea roll, and coconut mango cream mochi. Those are, those are my delicious snacks. Oh, I feel today. like That's
1: going to be your favorite.
0: Oh, it absolutely! I've already eaten. I bought eight of them, and I have one left.
1: Oh, okay. So, so I have tried. <laughs> so you know what they they taste like, okay? I know okay. what they taste like. Inhale. Today, I'm eating um, a scone. Uh, or scone, as you Canadians might call it, Um, (laughs) from As if he's not a Canadian. I know, this whole, I can't even get into it right now, but it's this whole like political thing in our family, because my mom, yeah, well not, well, kind of political. Um, And that like, my mom is from New Zealand, and so Mm. she always used to make scones growing up, and it's very clearly in New Zealand it's pronounced scone, not scone, but in in Canada everyone says scone. So I was raised as a scone saying person but apparently, I mean, people here call it scone. So so, and sc- so scone and scone witch, I mean, whatever <laughs> you want to call it, that's, that's what I got. I got a, a lemon poppy seed, as you might notice. I oh. will probably always have um, less interesting snacks than Maria.
0: <laughs> and sorry, where is it
1: from? It's called scone witch, scone witch, which oh, I actually didn't even, I'm literally so dumb that like the theme of the episode. That's super relevant to what we're I, talking about. Should I about? reveal, well, I guess people know what the theme is from the title of the podcast. The episode title will have it. But it will say it. it, but I'm gonna, we're going to reveal it now. This but, podcast is going to be about the European witch hunt. This today's episode, not this, this whole podcast. Oh, yeah. Did I? Okay. This, let me say it again. <laughs> this episode, not the whole podcast, is going to be about the European witch hunt. Oh, great. Okay. Do you know anything about the European witch hunt? Do you have but, any...
0: No. The European one, no. I'm super into the American one. You're a Salem, Salem. girl. Salem,
1: okay. The Crucible rocked my grade twelve year. Okay. See, I've never. Don't know. I know not. I'm opposite. I know nothing about Salem. Witch oh. Wars. Okay, that's fun. So you don't have any preconceived notions of the European witch hunt.
0: In my head, mm-hmm. any witch hunt is like women being burned at the stake for being able to do certain things that others can't understand. That is what I have in my head of right. all witch hunts, but it's solely based off of Salem. Right. So I'm not sure how relevant it will be to any of what we're going to talk about. Well, from from my,
1: I'll call it cursory research. Yeah. That seems pretty bang on in the case oh, of a okay. witch hunt. Yeah. Okay. So um, context, when is this happening? Like 14th century to about 17th century, like halfway through the 17th century, generally so, oh, it's, so like, it's like a long period of time that it goes on. Yeah, the hunts are pr- particularly pronounced between 1580 and, and 1650. That's when it really picks up. Mm-hmm. But you have cases of like women put on trial and, uh, and burned at stake or tortured right. before that. As well. Right. So, and um, it's all of Europe, or is it like parts of Europe? Oh my gosh, I was just about to get there. Oh, look the at- question. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just this kind of spark between us. A little, a little riff. <laughs> um, so, so, just a great question. So, you. um, you're like I said, it's the, we're talking about the European witch trials. If you're looking for Salem, go elsewhere. Um, <laughs> Move to on to the U.S. But um, European <laughs> witch hunt witch trials are happening predominantly in what's called the Holy Roman Empire at the time. Okay. Which, if you're like me. I hear the words Holy Roman Empire brain shuts off. I don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Just Mm -hmm. a very, to me, a confusing system of governance and refers to a lot of places and actors that may be no longer present. But generally the Holy Roman Empire, for those listening and who aren't aware is regions of Germany, France, Switzerland, so kind of Western Europe um, and parts of Italy as well. And so it's a, It's a, well, it's an empire. It's (laughs) it's the only way I can describe it. It's basically Mm -hmm. like an emperor is elected from these prince electors who are high-ranking nobility in Europe to rule over that kind of general area. So I don't know why we really don't need to know much about the governance structure of the Holy Roman Empire, (laughs) if you're wondering, but. That, that was just for me. I was like, what the F is the Holy
0: Roman Empire? Yeah, I, I still, the Holy Roman Empire,
1: Prussia? I don't get what Prussia oh ever god. was. It's like, it's not russia It's like uh-uh. Austria, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so Until yeah, certain things, yeah, it doesn't make, make sense. sense, but well, I mean, it does actually, we, we just don't. Maybe we we'll do an episode <laughs> on the, the Holy Roman Empire. Exciting. Not. Fascinating. Um, no, so it's taking place mostly in the Holy Roman Empire, so like I think more than half of the prosecutions and executions take place in Germany or what is today Germany but there's also prosecutions and executions of women in France uh, in northern Italy uh, in Switzerland and to a lesser extent in Spain um, Portugal and again also to a lesser extent in England and Scotland so it really refers to like a whole range of like witch hunting activities but right. like the, the, the majority of it takes place in in germany and switzerland okay so um the kind of interesting fact about where it takes place is that Ooh. it's mostly in areas that are what you might call like more weekly catholic so not as um not oh. as dominated by uh catholicism it's more like mixed protestant catholic areas that you have oh high, okay high cases of um witch hunts so again germany switzerland these places where the protestant reformation starts to like take place right right after martin luther 1517 nails his 95 theses to the door you know oh, I mean, facts kind of, facts it, yeah i mean did i prepare those um, <laughs> yeah it kicks off you know the protestant reformation so it's right. in those areas and it's following actually the protestant reformation that the, the witch hunt really like starts going you know oh okay it's uh, not know. like immediately but mm-hmm. um so in areas for example like Spain or Portugal that are more strongly Catholic
0: mm-hmm. there's not
1: the same level of of witch hunts really at all so when where is it taking place mostly HRE. HRE mostly Protestant like more Protestant areas areas mm-hmm. that are less dominated by uh, Catholicism, mm-hmm. and it ends generally in 1648, like 1650, which is also when the Peace of Westphalia happens, which, if you haven't heard, oh, that was the peace that ended like the Thirty Years' War that was right. generally kind of a war between Catholics and Protestants, though it was also kind of a war between the Habsburgs and the Bourbons. Um, not really relevant, but it's just interesting that um, following that, there's this huge Decline in witch trials, and you have like the last known witch execution in Switzerland in seventeen eighty two. But you really don't see many witches being prosecuted or executed, like after the the Peace of Westphalia. Okay. Yeah. So a hanger there. You're 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 going why why? My ears are perked up. Well, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to wait (laughs) to the end of the app. I might tell you then. Okay. And then, I mean, million dollar, well, not million dollar question. This is like the $500,000 question, and the million dollar question comes after. But yes, who is this having to? Well, you, yeah. you guessed it, Maria. It's mostly women. So they think it's between. <laughs> In yeah, a shocking and she, turn of events. <laughs> you're like, what? The witch trials were against women? Women have been prosecuted historically. You're, yeah, it's okay. We're gagged. <laughs> um, but no, so they think between 75 and 85% of all witches who okay. were. Uh, executed were women. But there were some men too. Interestingly though, the men were generally tried more for heresy, so like not confining to Catholic doctrine, or for like political magic or like political sorcery. So trying to cast spells like against um, a king or like the Pope or something like that. Right which they didn't see so much in in the cases of women. And I'll explain a little bit more about the crimes that women were accused of. But so there were some men, but it's it's predominantly women. And interestingly, early on in the witch hunt, it's mostly single older women Mm -hmm. that are are accused of being witches, which is kind of congruent, I guess, with what we might think of as being a witch in that time. Mm -hmm. But as the witch hunt goes on, it's increasingly younger and married women. And there's not really a clear explanation as to why but that just seems to be the the demographics of like who is accused and eventually or not always but often executed so in terms of like the, the people who are accused like what generally was like what was a witch you're probably you're sitting there wondering what was a, what is a witch <laughs> generally these women like there's two things uh the scholar brian lavick who is kind of the expert on the European witch trials. He claims there's two things that witches are known for in this period. So one, they're practicing basically bad magic or maleficia. That's me trying to say Latin. Oh, um, cool.
0: Like Maleficent from Sleeping literally. Beauty. Literally. So like Maleficent
1: oh. magic. So like bad magic. So magic that is exclusively used to harm other people, curse other people, like curse their crops, like make someone impotent oh. or infertile, like whatever. So that's wow. kind of one of the main charges against witches in this, this period. And mm-hmm. then the second one that kind of that develops and becomes new, particularly in the 1400s, is that these witches specifically are making a pact with the devil.
0: Oh. So like there's
1: there was an understanding already, I guess, that like prior to the 13th century, that like people could practice magic, right? And that's like a, a cross-cultural thing, generally that people can do things to like produce an outcome somewhere else. And sometimes it might be good, sometimes it might be bad to like hurt someone else, right? but this idea that these witches are making a pact with the devil and that mm. they've like either had sex with the devil or like kiss his bum like that's literally like a classic thing of like images of witches oh. like kissing the devil's bum um, oh the bum as i thought you said the thumb i know i don't know why i'm not saying ass but kissing the devil's ass <laughs> it's like i'm on a podcast saying the word ass it's like i never <laughs> would be here at 23. but anyways um so that's kind of the the general breakdown of like I guess if you're thinking of, like, what is a witch in this period, it's, like, magic and pact with the devil. Okay. The whole devil thing appears to be more of an issue for, like, upper-class people in this time. So, like, theologians of the church, scholars, the judges who are presiding over the trials, it's not really a thing that, like, a regular townsperson would care about they like most of the claims of witchcraft they're just trying to survive <laughs> yeah they're just like oh man like my crop died I think <laughs> maria gave me a nasty look and like that's why my crop died oh, you know what i mean like yes. she did something like we have a few yes. and she made my crop die so that's where those rumors would start right and then it was often in the course of the trial once you had the intervention of these kind of more upper class actors and often it coincides with actually like torturing the accused witch. That this right. claim of they would basically uh, admit encourage to them and admit to yeah. having you know had sex with the devil or worshiping the devil. Right, right. So, the, so it, that there's kind of an interesting dynamic there. The word witch hunt makes it sound like it's like tracking down the witch, like the witch is on the run yes. and it's like we got to get her. But yes. For the most part, the witch like the witch hunt across Europe was really trying to identify. The Witch Among Us.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That literally sounds like a movie. A movie. The Witch a movie. Among us. <laughs> a movie. I have a movie to say, the Witch these, Among treats
0: us. From, these treats from Remy Patisserie, they're really good. Are they? I would, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the roll that I got, just because it's heavy on cream. That ruins my system a bit. Right. But the mochi obviously slapped. I've already eaten like seven of them.
1: Right. Which one would you like the most?
0: <laughs> what would a witch like most? Um, yeah, this crispy yolk thing. So, if you're thinking of going, anyone living in the lower mainland in BC, I would recommend. Maybe I should have some of my lemon poppy seed.
1: That's too loud. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Lemon poppy seed. All the Sconwich people. Speaking of which, <laughs> this, all the Sconwich people. No, lemon poppy seed's the good one.
0: Yeah, that's not the flavor I
1: would go to. Lemon poppy seed is literally a classic that everyone loves.
0: I try to pick always the flavor that has the most frosting on top.
1: Sometimes that's orange cranberry. That's not like a... (laughs) There's no no frosting. Scones would never be what I go for, though, because they're dry. I know, but it's scone, like scone wedge.
0: I want them sweeter. Um, I just want... I want more sugar, and scones tend to be um, not that
1: you're like they're like, basically savory so yes the, the witch among us so it's not like it's a hunt sounds like we're tracking down a witch that we know is there but really it's about the witch like in your town or in your community or your county so we're trying to identify right. like who among us is like this evil person right who's either, oh, okay. who's either like practiced this bad magic that's cursed your crops or made you infertile oh, or right. whatever or that is has made a pact with the devil
0: Often right. carnally. Often what?
1: Carnally, like sexually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I have like, sex. I will say S-T-X. that. S E X. allegedly. So like the 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 witch hunt, I guess, refers to like to the, the whole process of like the rumors about the witches, like whisper, whisper, like who is the witch here? Oh, oh. I heard that she <laughs> did this to my crop. Like sometimes that reaches the level of like a formal accusation and like a prosecution. in say a court and sometimes it's these local courts uh in towns. sometimes it's courts run by the church or through the inquisition so there's different places that it might be prosecuted um but sometimes it'll reach that level of prosecution and then from there about half of all the like across europe half of the people that are prosecuted for being a witch and like convicted of it are executed so in the whole scheme of things it's like, I think about there's ranging estimates, but they think around 40,000 women who were executed. Oh. Well, 40,000 people executed for being witches. Yeah. About 75 to 80% are women.
0: Right.
1: It's getting sad. <laughs> <laughs> and that took a dark note. Unsublier. Yeah. And so, like I said, like the two big things is like magic and devil worshipping. Yeah. There's also this whole like iconography. And like symbolism that emerges particularly in the, the 15th century around like what a witch is so like I mentioned it's like magic devil worshipping but it's also like the things that they do are very much what one scholar um, Ben Yehuda Nachman calls like anti-religion or like it's kind of like anti-christianity so all the things the witches are accused of doing or thought to do are like the mirror image of Christianity so like women have sex with the devil and it's like a, a non-productive, like infertile sex versus you think oh. like the virgin birth, right? Mary gives birth to Jesus uh, right. without having had sex with anyone, right? Um, right? Or you think of like mass on Sundays. Well, the witches meet at night on Friday or Saturday Mm-mm, and gather yep. there and they spit on the Bible and they, you know what I mean? So the, so all the- We still you know what spit I mean? on the Bible on Sunday morning. You're like what? <laughs> Who doesn't do that? You're literally going to get excommunicated <laughs> if you keep this up, okay? So, so yeah, so generally, like, the, the image of the witch in this period is like the ultimate, like, bad Christian, like the heretic, okay. the apostate, like the person who's mocking Jesus, who's mocking the church, that's like the incarnation of evil. And I mean, like, the, the, one of the interesting things, I, maybe not interesting, but one of the interesting things that witches get accused of doing is, um, like, The main crime that witches are accused of outside of like devil worship or whatever else, but the main like crime, like kind of in the level of social reality, is like mm-hmm. infanticide so, like killing children, oh, like killing baker okay. babies, and eating them. Yeah, no, no, yeah, which is like generally, I think we disagree with. Um, morally, it's my line,
0: you know, they used to do that, um, like. I'm sure lots of places used to have to do that out of necessity but in the ukraine like following world war one a lot of them were starving and so like there were parents who would like tell their children not to get near the neighbor's house because there was a fear that they would be snatched and then they were witches because actually the ukraine
1: is the house of all witches it is where they all (laughs) reside that's where they went actually um No, I just thought it's interesting, like this whole yeah. like fear and anxiety around like eating children and killing children, and like sometimes yeah. like putting the like using the children to make ointment so that they could fly on like wooden sticks or whatever. Oh, um, that would be cool. Yeah. So I mean, well, you are not cool. I don't know if it's like a worth like, trade off, but
0: mm, okay. Well, you're
1: yeah, like okay. <laughs> it was before there was oil and gas, baby. You had to get you had to get <laughs> you yeah, had to fly on a broomstick, yeah. baby.
0: Okay, so that? then why did it happen? Like why wasn't it happening for like centuries beforehand? Or was it happening we just don't know about it? Like why did it kind of pick up in that time frame that these women were mostly mostly women were being prosecuted?
1: So yeah, it's kind of it's complicated. Oh all things history. <laughs> so like I said, like this period is defined by thinking of witches in a very Christian way, like thinking of them as having sex with the devil plus yes. doing magic, right? It's not just like any old person. It's, like a, it's, a, very, it's a very specific understanding of witchcraft. Um, yes. And there's like literally seven million reasons that scholars have come up with for why it happened. Like there's okay. no consensus. And we're gonna talk could, about each of them, right? We're gonna, yeah, we'll talk, we're gonna talk about a couple of theories. <laughs> not, we're not gonna do seven million, but we'll do a couple of <laughs> theories. But an interesting point that Brian Levick notes is that like the witch hunts like happen across Europe, right? And there's yeah. a, a general understanding of, like, what a witch is and, it's and like, the witch iconography, right? Like, it's generally a woman. It's generally someone who's doing magic. It's generally a devil worshiper, mm-hmm. whatever, and whatever. But beyond that, he says, like, we have to look at the specific, like, witch hunt to see what caused them to oh, occur. Because we can okay. point to, like, bigger things like the Protestant Reformation or the Renaissance or whatever as these, like, cultural conditions that made it so that like people understood Christianity a certain way and the devil and witches a certain way. But yes. like the thing that actually ended up like getting people prosecuted and killed is often very specific. Right, okay. So that's, that's, just general, that's just a general disclaimer here. Cause like in some places in Europe, you might have like a bishopric, like an area that a bishop, a Catholic bishop presides over. You have no witch trials in this whole period. And then there's oh, other right. places where you have like 133 witches are executed in a day.
0: Oh, shoot. Okay.
1: So it's like it's very it's not like everywhere in Europe uniformly or even in like Germany or whatever had the same experience of the witch hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the theories. Mm-hmm. What are the theories for this whole witch trial sh- shenanigans? Yes. Well, there's a million. One of them, which seems to be more recent... Mm-hmm. is that it's part of this competition between Catholics and Protestants, two religious groups, like the Catholics mm-hmm. and the Protestants. If you can make people feel protected from the witches, who are like this, you know, articulation of pure evil, then yes. people are going to go to your side. kind of. Right. So, okay. So that's their theory. I don't really buy it, respectfully. Peter, listen, right. and Jacob Russ, if you're listening to this podcast, Please turn (laughs) it off for your own sake right now. They're listening since day one. I just don't don't fully buy that. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's Mm -hmm. like a factor in it that you have... Like, that it is competition, because that is the context, right? You're trying to convince people yes. that either, either the better reason is the correct interpretation or people yeah. shouldn't be able to interpret more individually. And that, right. like, there's these anxieties and that they can protect you, and so you're going to convert whatever. But I, yes. I, I just didn't like her so. Like, it's wrong. It's just well, that's, wrong. That's one. Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't feel right. So I think, no. so that's one theory. Um, okay. Another one of the theories at the time, or I guess, like, something that's at least explanatory, is that... Mm-hmm. This is after the creation of the printing press. Gutenberg. Oh, yes. Thank you, man. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, and that coincides with the Protestant Reformation, right? So you have for the first time, the printing of the Bible on like a large scale. Yeah. That contributes to the spread of Protestantism because you have people being able to read the Bible in their vernacular language and it's more widely available. That also means that books on witchcraft. Can be printed widely. And so there's a book that's published in 1487 called Malleus Maleficarum. It's by these two Dominican friars, Johann Springer and Heinrich Kramer. They're German. And it actually <laughs> they gave it away? <laughs> Johann and Heinrich. They, well, they could have been Austrian or Prussian. Fair. I don't know if they're not Perfect. Prussian. Um, <laughs> how dare you. Um, okay. But it actually becomes, this Malleus Maleficarum, published in 1487, actually becomes the second most published book in the period after the Bible. Oh, okay. So it becomes, and this book. Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, why do I care? What is this book? Because you're like, <laughs> it's the second most published book. I haven't told you what the book is. You're just gonna drop. My it's an early Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of. Basically, it's like this textbook. It becomes a a key text in witchcraft iconography. So like figuring out like it's like this key book in terms of like identifying it's like a a guide on like how to identify who's a witch, how to hunt them, whatever. And it produces, like it kind of solidifies a lot of the iconography and ideology of what a witch is. So this is particularly like the clearest uh, articulation of witches as being women. They say in it that like, women are intellectually inferior, and they're mm. more lustful, because that was a commonly held idea at the time that women were more lustful rather than men, which we kind of see a, a general inversion of probably right. today. But the idea is they're more lustful, they're, more, they're intellectually inferior, and so they're more likely to be you know tempted by the devil and to betray men and all these other things. Okay. And so um, that book advocates for torture and for finding the witches and prosecuting whatever, and so it becomes widely printed and available, at least to the upper classes who can read. And so there's an idea that perhaps the circulation of that text is significant in terms of this widespread belief, at least amongst the upper classes, that witches exist, that we can find them, that we can hunt them, persecute them, whatever.
0: Oh yeah, I'd imagine. So that's Malleus
1: Maleficarum, but you wish you didn't ask about it. (laughs) You bet. No,
0: I I was interested.
1: (laughs) So, so so far Number we three. have this economic kind of market competition theory. Yeah. On. We have this malleus Maleficarum book theory. Yes. And it's, I mean, some, some of these are not mutually exclusive. And I think that's right. what some, they work one together. person says. It's like there's multiple factors that led to this. We can't yes. like, point to one. The third, which I think is a really interesting one, is that so in the 13th century, kind of when you first start having a couple of cases of witch trials, it doesn't like. You don't really see it on a large scale in the 13th century, but you have some talk of witchcraft, that it's in this period that the Inquisition is formed, like this apparatus of the church Mm -hmm. to um, clamp down on heresy, so people who are not conforming to the theology of the church and the, the, the approved doctrine of the church, right? Right, right. And so in the 13th century, you have a bunch of heretical Christian groups across Europe who don't conform to what the church says about a a whole variety of doctrines so the main ones are like the cathars the albigensians and the waldenses they didn't have they didn't choose easy names
0: no they didn't
1: they didn't you you honestly you did pretty well i would i would pronounce it differently and it wouldn't be correct it might be the right way actually so i mean i just i just don't know but (laughs) i guess they chose names so that we wouldn't forget them (laughs) <laughs> and hey, we're, we're, still, we're still talking about them. We're still, we're still gossiping. We're still gabbering them. away. So the, the Cathars, the Albigensians, the Waldensians, they're these three groups, um, Christian groups, but don't conform to the, the Catholic Church's doctrine. You have these three heretical groups, and they're actually really successful in the Inquisition in terms of like shutting down the heretics. Like they really go underground, they, they split them up. And so this, this scholar, this sociologist, Ben de Nachman says, Like, then you have, like, it's taken them maybe 50 years to, like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: mostly eradicate all these heretics. But then you have this whole, like, professional class and apparatus and knowledge system that's organized around finding heretics, but you kind of got rid of them all. Right. So it's, like we need something to do it's like what are we gonna do and then they're like oh well there's witches like there's guys (laughs) witches everywhere we gotta like god we gotta stop them and so his so his claim is that like you know how i was saying like in spain and portugal you see way fewer yes um, witch trials ben huda Nachman says well that's because in in spain and portugal in the iberian peninsula you have a lot more muslims and jews and so right. they're seen as the heretics in the Spanish Inquisition, and they're the ones that are targeted. So yes. they have someone to like, to blame, to target and blame right. and to, to justify their whole knowledge system and apparatus and activities. Yes. Whereas in the Holy Roman empire, you don't, you don't have the same proportion of religious minorities. And oh. so the figure of the witch becomes kind of a, a A person, a heretic, like a Mm -hmm, devil worshiper, mm -hmm. right? Like literally the opposite of a Christian, for Mm -hmm. them to target and go after and to like occupy themselves and justify them. Okay, and there's lots, I mean, there's lots of other theories too. Like a lot of the, like I said to you, it's like this idea of like social unrest, there's the Renaissance, the Reformation, the Catholic Counter Reformation, where they're responding to the Protestant Reformation. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things going on. Um, Urbanization, there's a sense of anxiety. So maybe burning witches is a way of like, is a way of scapegoating. Um, all yes. the anxieties about this time on people who are socially marginal, like these women who have right. like less power. So there's that theory, but one that I think is really interesting. That again, my guy Ben Yehuda Nachman suggests, is that in this period you have like you've had the Black Plague in the early 1300s. The most it's like even covered iconic. Black Yeah. Iconic. Again, I'm like a COVID truther. I'm like, well, the Black Plague was a real virus. Like COVID is not. (laughs) Um, Okay, COVID's real, guys. Wear a mask, please. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Um, No. So you have the plague, which kills like between thirty and sixty percent of the European population. Right. Which is a very significant number. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to say so that's a big number. I'm and going it, it out is, on a limb. and It said. is. And it, and it actually is. And it changes a lot of the, the economic arrangements of Europe because mm-hmm. you have far fewer laborers. So it's like supply and demand for all the econ people out there. It's like far few laborers. It's like the value of their work goes up, right? Because there's just far fewer right. people. So you have okay. like more like laborers getting paid better wages and you have... Um, people inheriting a bunch of money from, like, deceased relatives. Or, and so generally, you don't have the same need to have the same number of children to, like, work in your household oh, to provide them. With okay. them. So right. people start having fewer children in this period. You're like, okay, yes. what does that have to do with witches? Well, it has you, everything to do with witches. It has a lot to do with witches. It has a lot to do with witches. <laughs> so two things. There, like, there's two ways, I guess, for these people to have fewer children. One is contraception they didn't have um, condoms and birth control back then. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, Jurex was... (laughs) I can't believe I'm saying the word Jurex. Like, okay. Um, Anyway, that was embarrassing. It's like, how did... Their marketing has clearly worked for am saying Jurex or like Trojan. I feel like Trojan's like the classic condom. Yeah, I would have thought Trojan, but also just the fact that somehow we're talking about witches
0: and you're labeling condom brands is...
1: I know. Okay, so so two ways I guess to not have children at this time. Like one, yes. contraception. So the main thing to do is coitus interruptus, which is a nice way of saying pulling out, I guess. Like, oh okay yeah i thought you were gonna say abstinence no No, i mean i mean uh, well absence is the only way to not get pregnant (laughs) i will say that (laughs) learn that in sex ed but at this time one of the ways that like you stop having children is pulling out which like obviously is not uber effective but does work and the church actually at this time is warning against it like they see coitus interruptus as a problem which is oh okay like they 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 want kids yeah and then the second way, if you can't prevent someone from having a child, it's like infanticide, oh, right? Yeah. Like killing a child. And so, yes. um, Ben Yehuda claims that in this period, there actually is a, a not insignificant number of women mm-hmm. who are killing their babies. Right. Um, okay, this is getting dark. Um, but so, so they're committing infanticide mm-hmm. so that they don't have more children to care for it's just not economically advantageous for them and so it's interesting that you see like this claim of witches like killing and eating babies because to a certain extent that is happening like there is like there are women who are um, killing children like eating
0: really a part of it
1: no sorry i I thought i (laughs) should be more (laughs) specific they didn't eat the babies but they did like they did kill them and so he okay. argues there's this whole like anxiety particularly among men that they it might result in their children being murdered right
0: right right
1: um and so so anyways there, there is like a kind of a kernel of truth to the whole which is killing babies not the eating part but like yes. there is kind of a apparent this is what he claims that in this time there actually is a fair bit of infanticide going on and so okay. the image of the witch like carries all those anxieties
0: i do think it's interesting because it kind of infanticide seems like a random claim that you would just make of evil but to have it have like some kernel of truth right i think is is helpful to think about yeah like okay. why they would have put that on people
1: and so that actually becomes i think i mentioned this before but that actually becomes the main crime that women are charged with outside of like devil worship that is maybe empirically right. harder to to bear out um, yes but like infanticide becomes the main crime that women are charged with in this okay. period you see midwives um also being charged as mm. witches, predominant not or disproportionately i should say mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. again then you know not can suggest that's because of these anxieties around contraception and infanticide that sometimes midwives would participate in too oh okay so those are some of the theories. There's like seven million more, but it's like, we don't have time. No one has time to hear about <laughs> oh, don't. Oh, and like we people.
0: covered the fun ones. Yeah. Not the fun ones. Not infanticide not the fun. Yeah, to be clear, fun, this podcast is
1: anti-infanticide. <laughs> do not do We're that. taking a harsh stance we're, talking, we're taking a bold stance against infanticide. I couldn't be prouder of us. But um, like I mentioned, the end of the witch hunt really happens with this piece of Westphalia, the end of the 30 years war, 30 Mm -hmm. years war between um, Catholics, Protestants, Habsburgs, Bourbons, it's a complicated Mm -hmm. war, just like the Holy Roman Empire. And I don't seem to understand it, but (laughs) Peace of Westphalia is like this key moment in the history of nation states too. So that's kind of the, the point where borders become seen as in Western Europe, at least seen as like these inviolable things that Mm -hmm. now we have like actual borders that we, um, can enforce and that other territories can't infringe on, right? Like okay. there's an actual right. line. So that's one yes. of the key things of the Peace of Westphalia. Another one is that there's an equal legal recognition of Catholics and Protestants in in the Empire too, and it kind of becomes right. seen as this basis for religious freedom going forward into today. Okay. People say like it, clearly the witch trials for the most part disappeared at this point. Yes. No has a good answer why. Like I don't get, <laughs> like I don't understand how the Peace of Westphalia was like, we're done with, like, hunting witches. Right? Yeah, yeah, People think it's like, well, there's less, you know, Catholic-Protestant conflict. There's less, it's the resolution of all these social anxieties about the place of Catholicism, Protestantism, our morality, whatever. I'm like, okay, I don't get... That. Yeah. But, but I'm just telling you that's what happened. But 1782 was the last, like, recorded trial okay. where a person is executed for being a witch. In Europe? In Europe. Okay. So that's that's... That's it, folks, that's 13th century, 17th century. It's a whole thing.
0: Um, As Sam continues to eat his lemon poppy seed scone, which I'm not here for that flavor, I'll be honest. we're going to move on to talking about the significance of the European witch trials and kind of we're planning on doing this for each event we cover just to kind of bring it into like current day. Why maybe you would want to know about it, why it's important, um, and maybe how it's still relevant
1: today, if we can draw that line to it. People are probably wondering, how does this relate? It's actually <laughs> hugely <laughs> important. It's so important. No, it's so valid. The <laughs> European witch hunt was actually really invalid, actually, but... Um, <laughs> we're not validating it well okay Maria. Right. i have three mm-hmm. thoughts on okay these are just my personal thoughts again so you can disagree with them so once again put it in your book report oh yeah cite this <laughs> um or and you can disagree thanks but these are the three things Ooh. that i think are the major significance of the european mm-hmm. witch hunt and the witch trials like
0: mm-hmm.
1: one you have in this period you have the solidification of like witch iconography so mm-hmm. all the things that we see or not all, but a good portion of, like, the witch pop culture references we see in things like, if you've watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or, like, the movie The Witch, or American Horror Story Covenant, or even, like, Harry Potter. Yes, oh my Have gosh. Have you seen any of those? You've seen that one. Harry, I've seen, Sam, I'm a Gryffindor. I know, I'm just meaning because I feel like all the other ones oh. I listed you, like, haven't.
0: <laughs> That's actually really fair. I used to watch the, Kurt no, not the cartoon, Sabrina. Hmm. I used to watch um, the one with um, like
1: Nickelodeon. They had yeah, Melissa yeah, yeah. Hart was on it. I watched yes, that. Yeah, yeah. One. Okay, yeah. well, the Chilling Adventures one. Let me tell you, is a lot scarier, and there's a lot more devil worship in that.
0: I know it's sort of like Riverdale, right? Yeah. It How is. am I putting Riverdale on that? But yeah, it, it it's is. Too it scary is scary for
1: me. But you know what I mean. Like a lot of the, the imagery or the references of two witches becomes really packed together in this period. So like right. ideas of like devil worship, like that's in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and the Witch, or like um, like flying broomsticks, even in Harry Potter, like all of that comes from this period okay. of like, um, or is at least solidified in this period of like, this is what a witch is. It's like people who have flying sticks and that's how they get around, or like pointing yeah. hats, or older women, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of the, the imagery like in this period is relevant even today like when we see pop culture references to witches it's like okay i kind of get where this is coming you from you get it like, you get it now i smell carom and all this other stuff um everyone's favorite book <laughs> and then the second thing that i think is relevant today and i'm talking about this because look at what happened in the united states this week
0: mm-hmm.
1: which would like, be what how are you gonna link it in <laughs> No, I'm excited, I'm so excited. um, So yeah, the second thing is like, I think it's very revealing of our capacity as people to buy into moral panics, like to buy into like, to just absolutely make shit up or not even make shit up, but to like take these things out of context Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. blow things really out of proportion Mm -hmm. at a cultural level, that you end up getting like this moral panic about like, say witches, like eating children, which like, yes, we discussed, there's like maybe a kernel of truth to that, Mm -hmm. but is there like a group of witches going out to the woods and worshiping the devil and cursing the Pope and all these other things? Like, no. Absolutely. Like, and no, like that makes no sense. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that didn't happen. But like enough people had to buy into it for you to have like 40,000 women, mostly women, killed, right? Right, right. So it has to, like...
0: It has to, to work.
1: And then, yeah. like, I was thinking about, you know, in the 1980s, you have a similar kind of thing with the satanic panic across the U.S., oh, which we might yes. talk about in a later episode. of Oh, okay. But yeah, about, I, I, th- yeah. there's these claims in the 80s in the United States that, like, there's a satanic cult across the U.S. that are stealing children, murdering them, or abusing them. And right. you know, the news media gave it coverage, law enforcement were taking it seriously. And at the end of the day, there were, like, literally zero proven cases. And I think that, like, was purely fabricated. And then you even look more recently to QAnon. Mm -hmm. And this idea, there's this global cabal of child-murdering elites who are, like, eating the flesh of children. It's Mm -hmm. like, witches did that first, okay? Like, they came (laughs) up with the whole, at least the eating children part. Like, they're the OG job leaders. Yeah. Um, And you look at, like, and it's totally absurd and, like, I'm fascinated by it and read all the time. I'm sure a lot of people listening are. Sam's a very active member on QAnon. Yeah, sorry, I should clarify. I am a QAnon member. (laughs) I know about this. But just like you look this week in U.S. politics, you have hundreds of people storming the U.S. Capitol during the certification of the election. Mm -hmm. And the iconic image of that I'm sure people will have all seen, the man with the Viking helmet and the painted face. Oh yeah. He's a QAnon supporter that he calls himself Q Shaman. And he's convinced like he is supporting Donald Trump against this international cabal of child murderers and pedophiles. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, no, I'm not trying to say like they are the new like people who believe in witches, but like there's a lot no. of similarities in that like you can have a huge demographic, believe mm-hmm. in these things that has so little evidence Right. And it to have really serious political consequences. And we're seeing yes. it and we'll see the outcomes of it for yeah, probably years to come. Um so that's the second one and the last one was just like how these witches become like the figures of evil and how that tells us a lot about like who we think we are, who we think we should be, right? Like a lot of it's like these witches are like bad Christians, they're baby killers, they're um they spit on the Bible, like they don't go to church, like they whatever.
0: And right. how a lot of that
1: is just like the, the people in that period trying to define, like, who is a good person,
0: who right.
1: we are, and well, no, we're not, like, a witch, we have to hunt them out in our community, but mm-hmm. once we find them, we're fine, right? And you see that with, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. satanic kind of QAnon, like, these fears about, like, child abuse, it's like, well, most of the child abuse happens, like, in the world, happens in families or by people who know yes. the child, right? It's not like Hillary Clinton eating some child's brain, like, it's, it, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Which and, she did. Which, we have it on camera. It's called QAnon says. <laughs> it actually is. They call it it's a, it, That's a natural oh. theory in QAnon.
0: I think my favorite fact from today um, was, what was it, that book, Malleus Maleficrum? Yes. I, I butchered that, didn't I?
1: No, I don't know how to say it. So. Okay.
0: I thought that was super interesting how those, like, friars kind of came together and created everything that I now think of as, like, putting together a witch.
1: Right. Yeah, no, it definitely, it's, it's very interesting. I'm like, yeah you guys well they don't deserve credit because they result in a bunch of people getting yeah
0: food. it wasn't it wasn't cool but it's no. still interesting it is no okay well <laughs> to there, wrap it all but, up um yeah you're like take the reins <laughs> i do want to ask uh sam would you recommend scone witch for anyone scone witch for anyone living in ottawa
1: oh definitely yeah i go like every weekend
0: oh okay you're a massive fan
1: yeah so i might even eat it next week too
0: Oh that's fun. With a different flavor.
1: (laughs) No. The same one every time. I don't know. Would you (laughs) recommend yours? Or is your favorite?
0: I would definitely recommend it. Um, the whole kind of idea behind Remy Patisserie, according to Remy himself, Mm. is that he's taking kind of the classical techniques of French baking, but then infusing them with more Asian flavors. Interesting. And so it is fun, like um but yeah it was very yummy i would recommend i think he only has that one place in vancouver as of right now okay um, you know what sam next week we'll have a new co-host because i'm done with this yeah i'm on <laughs> the
1: outs folks this is my last my first and last <laughs> my first and last okay folks well that concludes the first episode of eat it up thanks so much for listening um we will be back hopefully every week with a new episode and uh, next mm-hmm. week it will be Maria bringing a topic for discussion.
0: Ooh, I already um,
1: have the plan for it,
0: people. We're ready to go. Ooh, okay,
1: I'm excited. Do you want to give a hint about what it is? Oh
0: yeah, I can give a hint. It's uh it's something very major, American history, 1970s. Okay.
1: Well, there you That's go. That's the hint. Boom. Okay, I think I have a little idea in my head. <laughs> but no, thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, Feel free to subscribe to our podcast. Feel free to send along any comments, positive or negative, and mostly any, positive. <laughs> mostly positive, we are uh, just starting out, figuring it out. Um, <laughs> but any comments are appreciated. And if there's mm-hmm. any historical topics that you want us to talk about, to have a casual, kind of accessible introduction to over some snacks, let us yeah. know, and we're happy to do that too. And you can follow us on our podcast at Eat It Up
0: Pod. At the end of every episode. We're going to sign off with a little howl from my dog, Pebbles. Um, And it's 100% an homage to one of my favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder, where they always end off with a meow from Georgia's cat, Elvis, who recently passed away. I got very sad about that. But they sign off with Elvis, and I love it so much. I want to do the same with this podcast. Um, For reference, for any of you who want to know, Pebbles is a... Fun loving six year old Shih Tzu. She's white. She's one of those typical white dogs with the crusty red eyes. Mm. But what she lacks in originality in looks is just a massive personality that really wins you over. She does. <laughs> and out of all the crusty eyed dogs out there, she's a cute version of them. She's not, as long as you look at her front half, her back half's not her best end, but her face <laughs> is the money maker. <laughs> We're ending off with a sign-off from Miss Peb's, her classic howl. Something she does every time we come home because she's not allowed to bark, although she still does. So there you go.
1: Thanks for listening. See you next (laughs) time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs)